0: Does your broker tell you they're managing your retirement money on a daily basis? Really? So when they're on vacation, how does that work? Do they have computers doing their job for them? Is that reliable money management? Is it time you learned how to have reliable retirement income, keeping your principal, and protect your gains with a higher income strategy? That's why to tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Eric Hallaby Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. On AM 870, The Answer.
1: security will help you live the life you dream.
0: Learn about finance. Hey, welcome to the show, the Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Halby. Thanks for being with us this hour of the program. As we talk about your family's finances, but it's a special edition. And what is a family without a mom? So look, everybody has a mom. You may like her or you may not. But part of the challenge is we have to figure out somewhere in your financial life when things changed. When did you become who you are? Of course, we're speaking financially. When did you become the person that made the choices that you made? Why? Sometimes it's the environment. Sometimes it's the way we were raised. So you are uh, really in for a treat. This is a special edition of the Total Financial Hour because I have my mother here. And for many of you, I want to thank you. Up until just two weeks ago, uh, a gentleman had come up to me, a client, a new client, somebody who had just chosen to start working with us. And he said, Arif, I love your show. I, I love your commercials I'm with Dennis and Larry. You guys talk about a lot of great things. But let me tell you, my favorite was the Mother's Day show of a year ago. Now, now listen, I, I didn't realize it had been a year, right? We get busy. Life goes on. I thought, wait a second. He he still remembers a show that we had done a year ago. So that was pretty dramatic. So I thought, you know, what's better to To do except our second edition of of the Total Financial Hour for Mother's Day, uh, so that you can learn a little bit about who we are, of course, as a firm, but me and what motivated us as a firm and me as and my wife as a family of, of three children to to live the way we live and the choices that we've made. So we're going to uh, introduce Miss Donna Hallaby. Welcome to the show. Hello, she is my mother. <laughs> Of uh, fifty-one years. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine? No, she's twenty-eight. Yeah, yeah. going on
1: thirty. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much.
0: Well, you are a mother of of four kids. So, yes. just to give uh, some of the folks that are new to us, four children. Yes. Uh, three. I have three sisters. So I'm the second from the oldest. I have an older sister, me, and then two younger sisters. Now, you were a mom. Uh, let's see you. You were married at eighteen years old. Yes. And how long did you know dad if you remember right?
1: Uh, one month.
0: Yeah, about four weeks, wasn't it? Yep. Was it
1: August thirty first to September thirtieth. Wow. We got married on September
0: thirtieth. And why did you choose dad? What was the, the thing I that don't, said?
1: I I really don't why did I choose dad or dad choose me? I'm not sure. It just kinda clicked when we met. Um and he was I was from Michigan. So we met in Michigan. We moved out here right like a month after we got married because he had friends down here he wanted to see. So we drove down here. It took us about four days.
0: Yeah, you guys stopped along the way, the old fashioned right. uh, route? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, route 66, yeah. And. Uh,
0: where did you stop? You remember where you stopped along the way?
1: Uh, let me think.
0: Because you didn't. You Chicago, Okay. Right out of Michigan to Chicago was a great, yeah, you know, half a day trip probably.
1: I can't remember. I, I'm going to say it wasn't Missouri. It was.
0: Now, along the journey, part of what you did was a chance to see America because you had never really gone west, right. have you? Right. Yeah. No,
1: I'd never gone out of the state of Michigan before.
0: You had the senior trip.
1: Well, the senior trip was yeah. There was forty of us, and that was ten days. That was Michigan or uh, New York and Washington, Virginia.
0: Um, now, when you went to New York in nineteen sixty four, that was your <laughs> high school senior trip. Uh huh. You stayed in a hotel, and you were there at an at a time frame. It's called the World's Fair. Right. I don't even know if they do that anymore.
1: I don't think
0: so. Yeah, the World's Fair it used to happen every so often. Yeah. Uh, and different <laughs> places. It's where the Space Needle came from. I think it's where in the Seattle. Eiffel Tower, yes. uh, yeah. Space Needle in Seattle, Eiffel Tower, of course, in Paris. But it was in New York at the time, and in New York at the time, that gave you an opportunity to see uh, near the big city, really, right. as a Michigan farm girl. But what was interesting was who was there at the same time?
1: <laughs> My husband.
0: Yes. <laughs> Mike. But you didn't meet him.
1: I didn't meet him until, that was in May, and I didn't meet him until August.
0: Isn't that interesting?
1: And he went to the World's Fair. He went to Radio City Music Hall to see the show.
0: Um, and were you at I was ven- at,
1: yes, I was all of at those venues, and we never met. Wow. So there's, you can call it fate, you can call it God, you yeah. can call it whatever you want, but for some reason we didn't meet because I wasn't 18.
0: Right. I yeah. was
1: only 17 at that time. I turned 18 on August 31st, and that's when we met. That was
0: your first date, really, wasn't it? That was my it? first date yeah. with him,
1: yeah. So it's, uh, you can you can call it anything you want, but we've been married almost 54 years, so it's kind or 55 years, actually. Yeah. So it kind of worked out.
0: It sure yeah, So far, <laughs> we'll give it another fifty, so and then you, I've, if not, I I'd know. say cut it loose. We'll see. <laughs> cut it loose and start over. <laughs> it's not going to work out.
1: I don't think I got another fifty in me, but we'll see.
0: <laughs> and then you had four children. So how old were you when you had your all oh, four kids?
1: My first child was born when I was nineteen. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you came along, I think at twenty-one, and then my it was about every two and a half years.
0: Wow, so that's amazing. So we can. You had four kids by what age? In
1: ten years. Uh,
0: by 10 years. Okay, so
1: twenty-eight. I think wow. it was.
0: Wow. Yeah. Hey guys, let me give you a couple of things. I'm going to give you our phone number. It's triple uh, eight ninety nine retire. We're not going to take calls today, of course, but what I would want you to have it. Uh, you can give us a call this week. We're going to talk about financial stuff in a minute, but I want you to get to know our wonderful guest. This is my mom, <laughs> Donna Halliby. I'm of Halliby on the Total Financial Hour. This is your place. News, talking Information, AM870, The Answer, as we continue with your, uh, with your life stor- story, really telling me why and what things are all about when it comes to the financial decisions that you made as a young mom. Because during the time as you were raising us, I remember that we had uh, one car. Sometimes we had two, but usually it was one car. But you were a stay-at-home mom. Yes, I was. How were you able to do that? Oh, my goodness, today, somebody oh. with one child has to work three jobs. Uh, how, how do you get it accomplished?
1: It, it, it was the times, uh, I guess. It just There was a lot of sacrifice, I think, on my part to make sure that my kids had food, shoes, clothing, uh, schooling, whatever they needed for school. And, of course, you know, when you get to graduation, it, that's really a, the, the, uh, the big problem is getting money to, for graduation and all the things that are needed and everything. But just growing up, having you kids grow up in a, in a good environment, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't take money to be nice to someone. And it doesn't take money to teach someone to be nice and good. And honest. And as far as the financial part of it, your dad worked very hard, weird hours. I was up at weird hours with you kids, but I was up with weird hours with him. He would leave at 2 o'clock in the morning to go... To the market, and that yeah. When kind he had a, a produce, he when had a he produce. Had produce place. Mike's
0: produce, yes. If you guys remember, hold on <laughs> to your shirt here. If you guys can remember, yeah. pup and taco—that <laughs> is our claim to fame. Is my dad used to deliver? I want to say to all of them, if not most, Quite of a them few of them in the yes. San Fernando Valley. Yes. I don't know who bought them. Probably uh, maybe Taco Bell or Del Taco or something. But it was pup and taco.
1: Yep.
0: And when I was a little boy, gosh, it was at the Panorama City house. So I must have been five, six, seven years old, and uh, I used to love going with dad. Dad, dad, can I go with you? And then, of course, you know, he'd have to wake me up at two in the morning, right? And lift me up in a blanket and put me <laughs> in the front seat of his car. <laughs> Folks, it's past the statute of limitations, but we did not have a seatbelt. Mm. <laughs> we had a big no. truck and uh, drove down truck? Yeah. farmers' market, picked up produce, and he would load it accordingly, yep. depending on, like I guess, in reverse order, depending on who he had to deliver first and last. Lettuce,
1: tomatoes, pota- potatoes. Remember the fifty pound bag yes. of potatoes. I used to carry those.
0: I, I can't oh. I remember thinking when when I was dad's age doing that heavy lifting and all of that stuff and that those hours. You know, I thought, Oh, Dad was always old, right? Your parents are always old. Yeah. But then when I reached the age that he was doing that, I thought, How in the daylights did he get up so <laughs> early and do those things and work so hard and carry yeah. those things? It just seemed like somehow he did it and then when I got there I, I don't think I could have done it yeah
1: I know you just do what you need to do to to support your family and you love your family so you're gonna do you sacrifice and you do as much as much as you can and you know you you do what you need to do
0: well did you have a budget for for food each week did how did it work did dad um, give you here's I don't, I don't remember, $20, $50 a week for groceries? How, how did that work?
1: Well, we did have a lot of fresh produce, so we didn't <laughs> have to go to the store for that.
0: You know, I didn't realize, I, I don't even know if you know this story, I didn't realize till I must have been 15 years old after we moved in, down the street, uh, moved back to Silmar or moved to Sylmar. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent the night at a friend's house. It was an Irish Catholic family. Lots of kids in their family. So, and same thing, the mom stayed at home. I didn't realize that peas came in a can. I remember coming home. I was so excited because I spent the night at, <laughs> at their house. <laughs> and I came over and go, oh, you would not That's believe funny. there are peas in a can. It's like, yeah. <laughs>
1: we, ne- we never had canned never. stuff. Yeah, we had corn, <laughs> fresh corn and fresh tomatoes. I and- thought I had uncovered something. I was going to be the next
0: <laughs> Steve Jobs in canned food and come to find out somebody had been doing that for 50 years. Yeah, we had always lived on fresh produce, fresh meat. uh so, I guess there was a big savings there, because that of that wholesale right um,
1: I don't recall a budget, so to speak. I mean, he would give me money if I needed to go grocery shopping or whatever or shoes for you kids or clothes or whatever, yeah, so I don't remember you know having a budget s- per se, but I had the money when I needed it and you know, that's that's just the way we it, did it. It always you know?
0: seemed that no matter what, you guys were able to pull it out kind of at the last minute. I don't know if it's the last minute, but it just seemed like no matter what, there was always a chance when no matter what was happening, there was a way, there was a willingness. It seemed like financially, I don't see the same struggles now. Maybe today as a financial professional, I get to see the more intimate details. And, of course, as a child. I just see my parents always making it work, whatever, it, however they did it.
1: That's that's what parents do, and we parents usually, I'm not going to say hide, but we keep things from children that don't, uh, that aren't concerning them, because they have their own thing to do. They have their own um, agenda, so to speak. They have school. You know, my daughter came home one day and asked me. Why don't I work?
0: Ah, <laughs> uh,
1: you know, because parents were working, or you know, both parents were working. Their classmates, sure. And I said, "Well, we're lucky enough that Daddy makes enough for us to live on." we I mean, we weren't, we weren't on the street. We were in a nice house where we had. Everything we needed
0: air conditioning in the valleys exactly hard, is, a, is a big plus
1: that's all you need right there, but um uh, so she was she was concerned also that mom and dad were still married.
0: I remember I remember she us came, kids having that conversation yeah. because it was rare in our circle of friends to have
1: two parents that's right exactly, and why are mom and dad still why are you still married why? Because that wasn't the norm.
0: Right. Even, and we're talking 30, 40 years ago, guys. Exactly. years ago, yeah. We're
1: talking about, yeah, 35, 40 years, yeah.
0: So this was a a big change. One of the things that I noticed, though, uh, you know, Mother's Day has its own history, of course, probably. uh, See if I can come up with some interesting things with Mother's Day. Is the idea of maybe some things that you didn't know. Let me give you a a couple of uh, ideas. If you can remember, guys, back to the AT&T switching stations, right? We had a monopoly in the phone world, and you would dial long distance, and you'd have to dial through a switching station. You don't, Most of us don't maybe understand the behind the scenes, but just so you realize, it was and still is one of the busiest phone days in the year. Mm-hmm. Just like they talk about halftime during the Super Bowl is the biggest time when <laughs> plumbing is used, right? <laughs> yeah. When the bathrooms are used. hmm it's because the whole country is doing something at one point in time. And in this case, with the phones ringing nonstop, and we basically have a, a a flood of calls, it's a very unique time because a lot of parents don't get to see their kids for various reasons. They're far away. Of course, some have passed away. Uh, and those are those are things you can't really do anything about. But of course, when it comes to to you and your your four children, you get a chance to have, it's almost like we fight for your time. You know, Okay, I'll get her in the morning. Okay, hand off. Mm-hmm. I remember one time we even slowed down and you tuck and rolled out of an intersection. Just kidding. <laughs> Just to see, okay, get out of one car, get into the next. And we tried to work on saying, okay, you have mom first, we have mom second. And the idea was, is to spend time. But guys, I want to give you uh, a little bit of, Look, all of us are busy. You know, we're trying to build a a firm and and have been for 23 years now. Our job is to to help you keep some or part of your money safe from the market declines. Take a look at the craziness in the last week, right? Who knows what's going to happen really in the end of this China uh, trade deal, right? Everybody says something. We sign things. Who knows what's going to happen next? You want some or part of your money safe. You want predictability and guarantees where you're not going backwards when the market goes uh, backwards. That's what we do, and I can remember sitting down with people, single parents or moms that are trying to stay at home, and I flash back when they're talking of to the time when somehow you made it work, and now my job with computers and calculators and, and some fancy formulas to make sure that they can continue to have the single mom or the mom stay at home or and retire with one or two sources of income and still make that work. And somehow you did it with a slide rule and a stone tablet or <laughs> an you. abacus. Yeah, an abacus. I don't even know. How do you spell abacus? Mm-hmm. That's got to be an eighth grade spelling word. Well, a- today it's probably a fourth grade spelling word. A B A C U S. What we used to see every day is we would come home and, Mom, you never had a chance to go to college. That was not what you did. You didn't go to a university or a college. But I'll be darned if we didn't come home with our AP English or our college-level English exams uh, or or essays that we were writing or research papers on, I remember, humpback whales. I did a big research paper on a humpback whales. I don't know. It was 18 pages. (laughs) One of those things that the professors never read. (laughs) They just make you write it just to see if you write it. And I remember giving it to you, and you read through that thing, and you made sure the syntax and the grammar and the punctuation – Something about you and English, the English language. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe math or physics isn't your thing, but I can tell you English is. What? Where did you get that love for English? How did that happen for you as a I, young lady?
1: I really have no idea. I've always loved English and the and the spelling. And you guys were in spelling bees and that kind of thing. And and actually, my grandson is a uh, Colin is a very good speller, and he's. You know he's fifteen, almost fifteen, but he's very good speller. His mom, my his mom is, is a good speller. She's
0: always been. She took that from you, I think. I think because so. That English level of of education that she yeah. has. She's always been. And in
1: that. fact, uh, my other daughter is a, an attorney, and she sends me paperwork sometimes. Mom, can you check this out and see if this
0: is see what you think
1: spelling, and the grammar and that kind of thing. She still does that. Yeah. So I, I don't know where I got it from. Uh, maybe my mom.
0: Plus your my your reading? Would... You used to read it all the time. Oh, yeah. And yeah. our kids uh, our kids really, they learned to read at such a young age. If you right. remember Logan, my oldest, was probably. Yeah.
1: I think he was five or six. Yeah. When Actually, he, he
0: was. He was six years old, yes. and he had read 100 books that summer. Mm-hmm. And nobody believed it. And he had read 100 books. You know, some of them had 40 pages. Some had 140. Right. But he had read. And so his grammar had to write. So maybe it comes from reading because you had read so much. Yeah. Uh, It could be. One of the things that I find exciting, guys, is as you're trying to build a budget or, or of course, honor and respect your mom as we go forward, uh, it's not perfect Mother's Day. Right? Because that doesn't exist. It isn't Mother's Day that's designed for perfection of her actions. It's designed as a Mother's Day, just to say thank you, as if sometimes we forget, because sometimes we forget. Mm-hmm. We get busy, mm-hmm. right? All of us have something that we're doing. We're trying to build our own company. We're trying to build our own strength or to become that person that is growing uh, our wealth or expanding our company or our job or promotion or even finishing school. So where is it that, that so many of us are mm-hmm. not going through uh, And recognizing moms the way we should. So I want to encourage you to take a chance. To go out and to see if there's an opportunity for you to do something this week. And then you now have your cell phone, don't you? Go out six months from today. And six months from today, I want you to put in your cell phone to say something to mom. Do something. You can put a reminder. Nobody even has to know. But there's a way for you just to say thank you. You know, we try to do that because things will come up in our lives where I can remember a moment. I can remember when we got stuck in Chicago O'Hare Airport. Oh, my goodness. I may have shared this on the last time because it's such a dramatic Oh, my event. goodness. What, what uh, age? We, well, we were, I was probably in fourth grade or something, fifth grade. And we, got, we were flying. Dad worked for the airlines at that time. So he had left the produce business, worked for the airlines, ended up working in New York. So we spent the summers in Michigan. And we did that quite a bit, one because we flew for free standby, but we flew for free for many parts of that time. And one time we had flown to L.A., Chicago. We tried to change planes, and it was late, delay, whatever. We missed our flight, or maybe we just couldn't get on because we flew standby and it was full. But we ended up having to stay the night in Chicago. And I remember we didn't have money for a hotel or credit cards. I don't know how what it, however it worked back then, But yeah. and we didn't have that. And there were four kids, and I felt like I kind of had to stand up and I put the luggage in in like a little bit of a a pen, you know, like a a square shape Mm -hmm. up against the chairs. And we had the little kids. The two little ones were asleep on the the couch, and my older sister was kind of standing guard in one area. And across the room was you at the counter talking to the lady, trying to figure whatever out you had to figure out. And I remember we were so tired. It was Mm -hmm. midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning. We were so tired, but I couldn't sleep. So I just made a decision I wasn't going to sleep until we were all settled. So I kind of stood guard. My older si- sister stood guard, and the two little ones, of course, were out. <laughs> were out. They didn't know about anything. <laughs> and somehow you were able to resolve that without Internet, phones, credit cards, PayPal. I, I don't know what you did. Do you remember what you did to, to resolve that? Was it Was it somebody's friend called dad? I'm, or, or?
1: Well, I'm thinking I called... I yeah I called uh, uh, dad and right. he got a hold of Hoffus who had a credit
0: card. Okay, so a friend had so, a credit card. Yes,
1: and a friend of ours gave me the credit card so that we could get a room.
0: And that went into the that that is what you used for the hotel. Cause exactly, I, it was a Hilton or something. Whatever well, it, it was. was
1: right next to the to the airport. I believe
0: it was. Yeah, we had to go underground into a tunnel. Yes. And up come out the other side. Yeah, it's probably so, still there. Probably, it's a hard thing to change. Uh, so yeah, so that's so it was a conversation with friends and family where, And it was
1: through a payphone. Obviously it wasn't a cell phone. We didn't have, like you said, PayPal and all that other stuff. Um so it was I they kinda took it, you know, because it wasn't mine. I couldn't sign for it or anything. Yeah, like right. That. How did they uh, know that you were gonna get paid? Exactly.
0: I They say a mom and four kids probably.
1: Yeah. I kind of, you know, threw my kids at you, at them. And, you <laughs> okay, know. and cry. yeah, yeah, exactly. Cue, you know, it's just, uh, it was a strange time.
0: It, so, as you continue to save and build, what was retirement to you? We're going to come back in a minute. I want you to start thinking about that question. You were building your family. You were taking care of Dad's family. We'll get to that, of course, mm-hmm. after the break. Uh, but, but what did retirement? So back. Today, it seems like it's a thing. Back there, most people, I don't know what they thought. I think you'll start to see some changes as people are realizing retirement means different things to different people today, uh, and certainly for our younger generation, than it did maybe for your generation. So I'd like to know about that and a little bit about your career, of course, when we come back. Folks, you're listening to me, Eric Hallaby. You can always go to triple eight ninety nine Retire, retire Of course, give us a call, triple eight ninety nine retire Total Financial Solutions and TFS Financial and Insurance Services. That's who you're listening to. We bring you this show every week at this time to talk about your family's finances. This is my special edition, of course, with my mom, Donna Hallaby. On the Mother's Day special, on your place for news, talk, and information, AM 870, The Answer. Thanks for being with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for staying with us. Special edition of the Total Financial Hour. I'm of Hallaby, with my special guest. I've known her for about 51 years, Miss Donna Hallaby. <laughs> thanks for being with us, Mom. I know it's a, sometimes it's a little inconvenient to, to come on in, but uh, you, you did it for me. Thank you.
1: You're welcome.
0: Anytime. And we're talking about uh, your family's finances with a special twist, a mother's perspective of what it took to raise a family. To, uh, listen, there's a lot of people that make mistakes. As a parent, right? I'm a parent of three children, and I've only made two mistakes this week. Okay, today. Today. But besides the two today, and it's early, <laughs> you know, all of us make mistakes, and, and we do it pretty regularly. Sometimes, you know, you, our feelings get hurt as kids. Sometimes your feelings get hurt as a mom, and we make a mistake as a kid. Uh, I remember th- those, uh, those times because it's very impactful us as a as a child right Is a you want the approval of your mom and dad mm-hmm. many people who don't get that psychologists will tell you they suffer lifelong issues right when they don't get the approval or the the recognition or the love from their parents it's a big deal uh, because that's the one person who's supposed to s- protect and and provide for you in some form or fashion it doesn't matter what it is they're still supposed to protect and provide so I never remember any issues where I didn't feel protected or provided by you and dad. We didn't fly around in private jets. We didn't have a mansion on the hill. We didn't have any of what people would say, oh, that equals success. We had the real success, which was love, which was food. Every I don't remember ever not having food in our family. I remember a few times that you didn't eat lunch or dinner um, because you were so kind to bring, you and dad. And I say kind, maybe you didn't feel like you had a choice. But you had to bring uh, about 40 members of Dad's family from Lebanon in the middle of the Civil War in 1976. And they had to come through Jordan and then from Jordan. I'll tell that story, guys, on on my dad on Father's Day show. I'll tell you that and and have Dad kind of give you some of that perspective. But my mom was here at the airport in Los Angeles and at her home in Silmar in the San Fernando Valley welcoming strangers that didn't speak any English. This is before cartoons were... Were worldwide in the internet, you know. Their TV station in the villages of Lebanon. These are folks that didn't know anything about the culture or the the language, and yet a Michigan farm girl took them in, who was, gosh, seventy six. Who were thirty years old,
1: mm-hmm.
0: as a thirty year old woman with four little kids of your own in an eleven hundred square foot house. You just said, "Come on in."
1: Their family. What? What? There's. There's no other way to put it they're they're your dad's family they're our family they a lot of the members even now think of me as their sister or their my his mother would call me his my daughter you're my daughter yeah I mean that's how close we were and I we had um, how many we had probably 12 elementary kids that went to the elementary school that you kids went to, which was about two blocks down from our house. And I had to go to the county health services to get them all shots because they needed shots to go to school. We had them all all the way up.
0: That was the immersion time, remember? There was no such thing as uh, ESL for Arabic. No, (laughs) no, not at all. And let me tell you guys, within six months... They spoke English without an accent, Mm -hmm. whether that's good or bad. It doesn't matter. But in other words, their fluence fluency. Yeah. They knew the nuances of the language. Of course, there might have been a phrase or something they didn't get. But guys, I'm telling you six months.
1: And I I I allowed them to talk Arabic between themselves because I didn't want them to lose their language. You don't. You don't want to take away one language to give to another. Yes. You want them to be able to be fluent in all languages, whatever it is. That's right. And And today, and especially it? with their grandparents because their grandparents didn't speak English. Right. So they had to speak Arabic to grandparents and aunts and uncles and that kind of thing.
0: And today their skill set in business uh-huh. and in their jobs because most of them can read and write Arabic as well. If they were old enough when they came, but reading and writing Arabic, speaking Arabic, speaking English without an accent, guys, fast forward. Who f- who knew that today that would be such an important language in a variety of business, exactly. multinational corporations, different businesses and jobs, and, and government services? Uh, it's not something I ever learned. I didn't. I didn't learn that language because I grew up, of course, in a home where you didn't speak it, and Dad was working.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One of the the things that I always noticed for us, that was so different than anybody else in our neighborhood. Because we lived in a middle class, probably a lower middle class neighborhood. Uh, but we always had most of our moms stayed home, right? You had one, two, yeah, three. quite a
1: few, the, yes. The lady
0: across the street was yep. the only one with one child. Everybody else had multiple kids, and she right. worked. Other than that, mm-hmm. most of the moms stayed home. So we kind of had a, a, a old school neighborhood. But what I didn't realize, and... This is kind of odd. Somebody who I think is, is a bit more informed uh, or at least aware of the world around him, me. <laughs> Let me tell you what I didn't see up until just a few years ago. In our neighborhood of probably 15 homes, we had my dad's from Lebanon. You're you're from Michigan, right? A Caucasian. Next door was a couple from Spain. Next door was a, a redhead child with a divorced couple. Oh, my gosh, divorced. Mm-hmm. Right? Then a Mexican family. Then across from them was a gay couple. And then next to them was a mom who worked, single child with a mom that worked. Wow, that was weird. You know? Irish Catholic. We had a black family. We had a Jewish family. (laughs) We had another couple that lived together and had kids that weren't married. And if we didn't like you in the neighborhood, it's because you messed up in baseball or because you were a kid that was a, a problem. You know, you didn't get along well with... Nobody was anybody's racial slur or anything. It isn't until... In my opinion, guys, and I'll separate my mom from this part of the conversation, it isn't until the left comes along and pushes in your face that everybody is their racial makeup, their, their sexual orientation, where suddenly you start cataloging people in these buckets, where most people go, wow, really? I didn't even know that was a thing, or we're supposed to be upset about that, or there's a problem? Because we didn't know that as a kid. We just knew that Jimmy was a good kid, or Paul was a good guy, or... Or uh, you know, Stephen wasn't. I mean, wh- whatever. We didn't care. the The idea of understanding multiple backgrounds in your in your neighborhood is something you always taught us. Nobody was ever their racial makeup, or we we didn't have that kind of a life. I I don't know why that was the way it is, but
1: well, where where I was raised, it was all white. So when I came out here and I, you know, I, I wanted to teach you kids to be colorblind, so to speak. Because it's, you don't look at the color, you look at the personality, you look at the person. You take it like like individuals. You don't put them, like you said, in a bucket. You You can't do that. You have to be able to. To work with other kids and to play with other kids, no matter what color they are. They're either a good kid or a bad kid. That's all I can. Yeah, that's right. You know.
0: Dennis Prager has a great saying. In fact, I've heard it from him and I've probably stolen it uh, and used it maybe 2,500 times. But there's two different races in America, the decent and the indecent. That's it. That's it. Everybody else that wants to put you in another bucket, guys, understand their their goal and their profit comes from dividing. Mm Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I also noticed is we didn't grow up hating rich people. You know, today, most uh, folks that want to be successful think the only way they can be successful, and I'm saying most people generally on the left, think that they can be successful if they take from you, and therefore you don't deserve it, because I don't, I have less because you have more. In other words, if you think of the left and the right, if you think of that conversation, the right thinks the pie can get bigger, and we can all get a larger larger pie a piece of the pie the left thinks the pie is fixed it's the same size and in order for me to get a bigger piece i have to take from your piece Mm. and we never grew up where there was a rich and a poor or us and them because in our neighborhood we were the kids that would travel all the time we were considered dad was one of the only guys that wore a suit
1: he always wore a suit he would go to school
0: yes and and, uh, back to to, school nights or any
1: and he always wore a suit With the jacket, not just a shirt and tie, but the jacket, the whole nine yards. And there was one teacher up there that gave him a hard time about that. And I think your dad kind of put him in his place. I think
0: he was the same teacher that ended up, uh, Mm -hmm. we saw at Alpha Beta Grocery Store. And he had uh, one of his students pushing her little baby in a stroller. And I think she was about 17 or 18 years old. Yeah. But because he married her. Uh, nobody else had anything to say. Mm-hmm. He should have been thrown.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we'll, we'll bleep out the rest of this. Yeah, but yeah, I but, remember him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you th- know, is there a beer name? No, it's Corona. But whatever his name was. Yeah, but yeah.
1: And uh,
0: one of the things yeah. that I look at is off and on when people go through life, they make financial decisions, and the decisions that you guys made weren't always built around retirement. I can't wait to retire. I'm saving this for retirement. We lived. In fact, it was very odd to see dad come home from work on like at three o'clock on a, on a Friday. Like, Oh my gosh, why is dad home already? Mm-hmm. And you would say, pack up kids. We have a six o'clock flight to <laughs> Hawaii. We're going to Hawaii for the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd run around the house. All of us would do whatever and we'd come back on Tuesday or something. And part of the reason, I guess, for that was simple. We won. We would fly for free, right, or Korean Airlines usually or wherever, Dad, we could get on. Mm-hmm. But then his friend owned a hotel there. And if you could remember, you know, we may not have been eating at, I don't know, whatever the fancy restaurant is in, in Waikiki, but we would sit on the beach with the bologna sandwich, man, <laughs> and we would take that 50-cent bus tour around the island yep. and get off and on all day long.
1: But uh, the the thing is, I always made sure you, you had a nice outfit because we had a nice dinner I think it's usually the, the last night that we were there, and we'd get dressed up and we'd go to the Hilton or we'd go someplace really nice to a, a nice restaurant. and I know I, I, I knew that I could take a eight-year-old child into a good restaurant like that and have her behave herself. I mean that was, I think my youngest was eight or nine, and
0: I remember the first that, time I saw a bill. That was $100 a gro- hundred uh, dollars, not a hundred dollar bill, but a, a bill, a tab, yeah. at a restaurant, and yeah. it was there. We went out to eat, all yeah. six of us. We and sat down, and I remember seeing it was one. It was over a hundred dollars mm-hmm. to eat, and, and I thought, wow. $100. During
1: the during the week, and Dad he, didn't.
0: By the way, Dad didn't use a credit card. He put down a hundred dollar bill. Right? Exactly. This was before the exactly I'm before steal credit cards.
1: Yeah. So, uh, during the week while we were there. We went grocery shopping. So, because when you guys went swimming, you were very hungry afterward, and it it didn't make sense to buy a ten dollar hamburger when you can make lunch and breakfast. And it was expensive, you know, wasn't it? It, it was, was probably very five expensive.
0: Or, instead of sixty cents, it was like three dollars or five dollars. I don't
1: know what it's like now over there, <laughs> but it's very expensive at that point. You know, at that time, sure. That was in the eighties.
0: One of the exciting things, mom, is we still had the ability to live. And your view of retirement, what was that like when you're thinking about, you know, putting, okay, four kids in college, four kids have to get a life together, uh, right? Make sure the home is available because many of us boomeranged, went and came back, right? We had different issues in life. We came back. Uh, Some of us, uh, I got a little help from dad for a down payment on a house from you and dad. Mm -hmm. Down payment on my first house when I was 23. My wife was 21. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or was it the wedding? I don't remember. But her family helped a little bit with the uh, wedding and or the house and vice versa. But, you know, that times four. Right. So, oh, by the way, someday we're going to retire. That never really seemed to enter into your. I don't remember it. Mothers
1: don't retire. (laughs) Maybe you don't get that. (laughs) Mothers don't retire. And at that time I was a mother. And then I started working in 1990 when your dad lost his job. So
0: Yeah, then- guys, just back up. Just, just so you know, guys, when Iraq... <laughs> Kuwait, it, you think, oh, it's no big deal. It's 5,000, 8,000. It yeah. No, no, my dad happened to work for Iraqi Airlines. He wasn't Iraqi, an American citizen, Lebanese descent, Oh, but happened to work for an airlines that was owned by the socialist government of Iraq. And April 1st, Iraq invades Kuwait. April 3rd, I remember August. the FBI and the Treasury Department rushed in and, and took Pick his everything. pension. Guys, this is important. He was about 55 years old as a man who lost my calculations today as a financial guy. It was, ab- at the time, about a quarter of a million dollar pension. And because you think your pensions are yours, they are not. Your pensions are owned by the company. And because that company was a foreign company, the U.S. enacted a, a rule, boom, done, all U.S. government sees property. Yeah. So now imagine you're 55 years old and you're starting over with four kids and a wife and you're trying to figure it out. Halfway done, right? Two of us were done with college. Two weren't. What do we do next? And that moment in time. Mom went to work. You sure did. <laughs> For
1: almost 28 years. Yes. So, and I, I just retired myself in July with... uh. Actually they didn't have a pension but I did have a 401 and my darling son has taken care of that so I'm in good financial uh, stead with my retirement Uh your dad didn't have a pension but uh between the two of us you know it, we're fine yeah. we're we're doing really really good actually You did it old school I,
0: you actually saved you actually worked Yeah you didn't uh, buy a new house every 15 minutes? Uh, no. You, you actually, you did it the way you're supposed to do it.
1: Yeah, we're well, actually, uh, our cars, my car is paid for. My house is paid for. I don't have a, a debt there. Uh, you know, taxes and insurance, that's about the biggest uh, debt that we have. And that's all taken care of. And we kind of... Uh, You know, we're in a situation right now we can't travel very much, which I would love to do.
0: But you'll be able to do that again soon.
1: Yes, but, um, yeah, when I retired in July, I did take a couple of nice little trips. One to Clinton, Mississippi to see your daughter and and another one to Wisconsin to get my other grandson settled in his school. And, uh, you know, a couple places i i'd love to go back to texas to see my brother and maybe to michigan but um
0: well your daughter took you on this mississippi river thing what was that oh that was
1: last uh, that was three four years ago or two three two years, years ago yeah. yeah oh that was great that we went to new orleans and went on the mississippi uh, delta queen is that the paddle boat the paddle boat yeah. yes that was fun that was really so when you mm-hmm. were Stop. younger
0: and you're thinking about a retirement life and what that looks like and what that feels like was a big component about that uh, of that traveling was that the thing to do was that, that a big part of
1: yeah I'm I'm like my mother she, my mother had the my mother had the uh uh wanderlust
0: oh what is that you know I, I think I know keep going what do you mean
1: when she wanted to be anywhere that she isn't so if she's here, she wanted to be in Florida. So I drove her to Florida one time. That took like four days. <laughs>
0: that must have been some. Texas Thel- is two days right there. <laughs> Thelma and Louise. Yeah. Yes, exactly.
1: It was so much fun. No cruise control. All right? Yeah, oh, I had yeah my, that's
0: right. The old school days. The old
1: school. I mean, when she was in Michigan, she wanted to be in Florida. When she was in Texas, she wanted to be here. It just, it's just, that's not me Per se, but I I do like to travel.
0: Well, how li- many have you ever figured out how many countries you've been to? I know uh, Dad is myself? probably well over a hundred. Oh
1: but no, not hundred. But no, Dad is. But because no, of, I don't think he's even a hundred. You don't think uh, so? Okay, no, fifty maybe.
0: <laughs> so for you, I bet you have oh, 15 let's or twenty maybe because you've no. been throughout Europe, the Middle East, yeah, Mexico um, of course, Saint Lucia, yeah, China. China, yeah. So you've been uh, you've been to quite Hawaii, a few places,
1: yeah. I mean, that doesn't count as a country, but
0: yeah, it's far away.
1: Oh, Alaska. We uh, we went on the Alaska cruise. We went on Panama cruise up through
0: Canada. Yeah, yeah. So if we're thinking about this, if you have a young mother, father, and they're dealing with, or maybe a young grandparent, mm-hmm. and they're now in that transition phase, right? They're thinking, okay, I have done my job. Quote, right? I raised my kids. Number one is that job never ends.
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: because you're always concerned about us. And I asked you the other day because I had some challenges with one of my kids and I was a little worried. And, and I said, gosh, now I understand how you and dad felt when I was a Los Angeles police officer. And I, uh, for those of you that don't know, I was a policeman for about 11 years. A big car accident changed my career path. And uh, after multiple back and knee surgeries and countless other procedures, uh, so I had to change my career in 1994 is when I was in my accident. But I remember coming home one night, and it's, it's I have this trait from dad and you have my wife's trait, which is I remember coming home one night. I was 21 years old, 22 years old, supposed to be home at midnight, had a late DUI arrest, doing some paperwork, doing all the stuff. I think I get home about 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I was still living at home. I was dating my wife. We weren't married yet. So I, I pull in the, the drive and, huh, front door's open. Oh, look, look at that. The light's on. Oh, gosh, I wonder who's, did they forget? And I walk up the driveway and dad is wide awake sitting in the chair. You don't know this story? Yeah, dad is wide awake sitting in the chair. And I said, oh, hey, dad, uh, what's going on? You just get home yourself? And he says, you have no idea. I've been waiting for you. You didn't call. I said, well, you, you know, this was, of course, guys, before cell phones.
1: Before cell phones, I <laughs> yes. said, well, you don't
0: understand, Dad. You know, it was late, and I didn't want to call you because by the time I got to the station, I didn't want to wake you up. And, and he said, you have to call. I said, yeah, but, Dad, you know, you, you know, it was a late DUI arrest, and I'm okay. He goes, you are my son first. So, said, Dad, I'm a Los Angeles policeman. They gave me a gun and a badge, and I'm super cool. And he says, I don't give a blank, blank, blank who you think you are. You were always my son. You were my son before. You'll be my son after. You need to call. Yes, sir. (laughs) No, sir. (laughs) Yes, Dad. (laughs) Uh, I can believe that. (laughs) Didn't really get it until Uh, I had kids. And uh then I went, oh, now Now I understand what he meant. (laughs) You know, of course when your kids are older and they're out and about where well, you don't always know where they are. That's the worst that's the scariest thing in the world, right? They can be anywhere.
1: That that was scary before cell phones. I mean, and pay phones were what? A mile apart. Yeah. So or, you, if you you don't get one pay phone, you have to wait Walk a mile to get another one. <laughs> or, or the something. ones on the freeway,
0: remember those? Do yeah. they still have the call boxes? They
1: do. Once, every once in a while you see them.
0: Guys, now you can get your free Obama phone. I don't <laughs> know if you know, so you the, I got my free Obama phone. Remember those commercials? It, it's true. Uh, we have uh, an office in the Antelope Valley, and if you drive by a particular intersection, they have a booth that has been there for, I don't know, 10 years, 5, 8 years, and it says get your free Obama phone. <clears throat> There's always a line of people because it's free. So there's no excuse, and I don't know because you can be an illegal alien and still get that phone because I don't know if you even have to give your correct ID, Probably social. Not. You can give anything you want, just like at a hospital emergency room. Mm-hmm. You can go to a hospital emergency room, say my name is Joe Smith. I don't one two three four five six is my social. Uh, here's here's my birthday. Treat me. So this whole idea that you that you have to have insurance or that's all hogwash. It's never been that way for as long as I can remember. Hmm. So that whole concept of, uh, you know, preparing is different. So here's what I'd like you to do. Give me, if you can, maybe one minute of what you think a young mother or maybe a young grandmother, now that you're a grandmother of five, (laughs) a piece of advice for for Mother's Day that, that might make their life, and certainly today, go a little bit better.
1: Whatever your child or grandchild gives you, you love it. I've had many, many cute little gifts from my kids, from my grandkids, and you're going to love them. No matter what it looks like, no matter what you think, you're going to love it because you love your grandchild. You love your child. Um, Take whatever they give you, time, space, whatever it is that you need, sometimes moms need space and grandmas need space but just like a kid does so I would just say enjoy your day whatever it may bring and be grateful for what you have and Just relish in the time. And if you make a phone call to your serviceman or they make a phone call to you, just enjoy whatever it is that they give you. And don't take anything seriously if they don't respond to you. But if you're
0: a... a, You know, I I don't mean to cut you off. We're short on time. But that advice, guys, is very key. Because it's gratitude. My life changed when gratitude became a very center part of it. I want to thank you for being with us. A special edition of the program, my Mother's Day special, with Donna Hallaby, my mother. Thanks for being with me. I'm Arif Hallaby, the total financial hour. For TFS Financial and Insurance Service, 888-99-RETIRED. That's 888-997-3847. Have a wonderful day.
1: Thanks to Arif Hallaby. Now every dollar's got a job to
0: do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial...